The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? It is good coffee and pretty hot. Gonna need a refresher really soon, though. Gotta tell you, Tuesday morning, Tuesday, February 15th, 2022, more than halfway through the second month of 2022. And good morning. It's great to have you here, people. Great day to be alive. Well, it's always uh, better to be alive than dead, I think. I haven't heard any uh, really reviews from the other side. Some real ones that I I think are reliable. Uh, I have heard some reviews from the other side, but I think they're all made up bullshit. But um, it's a good day to be alive. If you ask me, I'd rather be alive than dead. Hope you will feel the same way, and I hope you got yourself some good hot coffee this morning. How are you? Winter is uh, on its way out. It's um, one month, really, from St. Patrick's Day, uh, and then St. Patrick's Day is like the unofficial beginning of spring here in New York. It's just a few days shy of the actual first day of spring, but that's the day, well, in pre-COVID times, uh, people would go to Central Park and get the party started. So I'm looking forward to that. And the the angle of the sun is changing a little bit. Days are getting a little longer. Sun's out a little longer. And reason to be optimistic. Had a guest on last night uh, talking about quantum success. as law of attraction stuff. She told me she wrote her first book, a best-selling book, in seven days. I'm, like, working on, like, seven years. And I'm extremely jealous about this. But... The premise of what she was talking about was acting, acting as if not fake it till you make it. But um, it's kind of hard to explain it because it's awfully close to fake it till you make it. Um, the idea that you make yourself believe that you've already experienced it to manifest something and anything that you want in your life. So I guess I have to manifest or make myself believe that I've already completed the book. <laughs> I have not. But I'll, i got to convince myself, yes, the book is finished. Uh, it's a difficult thing to make yourself believe in something you know is not true. Um, I don't know how many of you might have caught the wonderful interview about quantum success and the law of attraction last night. But I'm just uh, wondering how that idea possibly resonates with you the idea of anything you want in life anything whether it's material or relationship based or just job related career related anything that you want in life 
has something has a feeling attached to when you get it how will that make you feel and so you're supposed to act or or adopt that feeling in order to manifest that in your life how can that be applied to other things like finishing your goddamn book i don't know good morning chrissy your first one in the chat room good to see you there uh that's not morning to you. It's, it's an, uh, I appreciate you saying good morning, though. Even though it's not morning for you, it's afternoon. I would be the same way, but it it's not, uh, can't be easy to relate to people halfway around the world and say, well, not halfway, but quarter of the way around the world. I know. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I I would be the same way, but I, not everybody is. Some people would be like a little bit. Ah, it's not morning. I just had a two point five hour nap. She says, "Oh well, then it is feeling like morning anyway." Get yourself some coffee. It's two p.m. Carl is here, and he says two p.m. and I haven't had coffee yet. Pretty much morning. Good for you. Get yourself some coffee, and join me uh, in this in celebrating another day of being alive. I was just talking about my guest last night, Law of Attraction. And my gut, <laughs> I'm a skeptic, a big skeptic, especially when it comes to things like Law of Attraction, because I've heard about it for 20, 30 years now, whatever the hell it is. This idea that you could just will things into your life, manifest things into your life. But I keep an open mind to it. And so it was a, an interesting uh discussion about because there are some some of the principles i actually believe in 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 this idea of a positive mindset you're, you're not going to be able to do anything if if you approach anything with defeatism but i think it goes a little uh too far in making promises of success or uh, guaranteeing that just because you envision something you're going to get it and a lot of people become dangerously obsessed with this idea of um, just thinking about things rather than doing things. Because everything requires, everything that you want to get done requires action. Nothing is going to happen just on pure thought alone. And so the idea that thoughts are energy, you put it out there and you're going to change the world, that's all well and good, but nothing is going to happen without taking action. And I think a lot of people don't get that, and, and some people delude themselves, and they sit there stagnant, thinking, well, all I got to do is think, and my life will change, and, li and things will get better. I just got to think about it. I just have to manifest it. I just have to believe it's going to happen. And you can do that for just so long until you starve to death sitting there thinking about it. But uh, it was a pretty good conversation. Until the end, uh, I got a, uh, I asked her about the council. I didn't know. Council of Light. Turns out she channels them. Channels them. I asked who them is. It's this council of elder masters of energy and thought. Gods channeling them. And that, okay. This is where the conversation, it's a good thing the conversation ends at that point. This, um, and I did get some some hate mail, not hate mail, uh, some negative mail. Uh, 
about that whole thing and I, you know why I didn't at that point the interview was almost over it was two minutes left in the interview and it was like uh or one minute left in the interview actually and I wasn't gonna start a whole argument or go negative at that point not a not a big fan of channelers <laughs> I've been down to Shirley McLean rap uh and uh Seth speaks and barbara brennan i have you know people who listen to me know i spent some time working for a cult a channeler and i know she was full of shit and and there's no two ways about it there's no nice way of no sugarcoating she was completely full of shit she made up fabricated made believe playtime uh, gods and goddesses, and there's a guide from Atlantis named Haywin who would uh, talk to people. Uh, and I know she was making it up because I was her AV guy. And um, while she was supposedly in a trance in the whole room sitting there with their eyes closed, she would always look over at me and kind of wink at me and say, come on, turn up this mic or give me this sound effect or all that kind of stuff. It was It was a show. Not a big fan of channeling. I was just wondering, uh, are there any thoughts in the channel? What's in the news today? Well, later on uh, at 10 p.m., 10 a.m., not 10 p.m. I'm not going to be here till 10 p.m. I promise you that. This is not a marathon, potathon, fuckathon, shitathon. Uh, at 10 a.m., Big T, Tom Farrell, a comedian, will be with me. Big T is the host of THC TV, Big TV. He's also a stand-up comedian. He's a chef who cooks with the uh, with the uh, marijuana there, the uh, you know the uh, cannabis thing. He's a edible king, self-proclaimed edible king. The old uh, dope, <laughs> you know, the old the old dopeyish weed, uh, weedyish dopo, el dopo, el weedo. I'm like Jordan Peterson. I got my own hand thing going on, uh, and he's also a compulsive gambler. For what I, from what I understand, I'm looking at T, uh, THC TV, and uh, it seems like um, he gave gambling tips every week, but <laughs> continually went negative every single week. So it should be interesting to talk to him. I'm going to save the my bookie commercial <laughs> for right before he comes on. Um, it'd be interesting to talk to him and I've had some experience with, um, um, gambler, compulsive gambling and, um, the hope that someday it's going to turn around when it, it, you know, you just keep losing and losing and losing more and it compiles and compiles. Uh, he's got, it seems to keep a sense of humor about it all. It's difficult to do when you're losing thousands of dollars weekly. Um, but that should be an interesting conversation. Um, Chrissy said, I don't have to do anything, and I still get fucked over. See? Well, according to... No, I'm not, I'm not saying this is true. I just want to be clear here. I'm just saying what their position is on this. The more you... Uh, adopt that belief that you don't have to do anything and you get fucked over, the more you will attract that energy into your life and that's what will keep keep it self-perpetuating. So you have, and again, this is my, my primary question this morning. 
is the difficulty because they're saying, well, all you have to do, all you have to do, it's like it's simple. And it may be, it may be simple, but it's not easy. Uh, is to change your thought patterns about that and and change the statement that uh, I don't have to do anything and I never get fucked over. Good things happen to me. And uh, like magic, like ma- it is magical thinking. No two ways about it. Magical thinking. Like magic, uh, your life will change once you uh, uh, change your thought patterns. And of course, I brought up that's not simple at all, for especially if you're t- taking somebody who has nothing. Let's start with somebody who's homeless. And, of course, they bring up, there's a couple of examples from The Secret, you know, the person who, I guess, well, started the whole law of attraction thing back in the Oprah days, maybe the 80s. Um, there are two examples of people who they claim to have been homeless, and all they had to do was adopt this law of attraction stuff and they became millionaires and billionaires and their life just changed um, seemingly very quickly but it's you know go up to your average homeless person who's living on the street and waiting trying to figure out where their next meal is coming from and you want to tell them well you just have to change your thought patterns adopt your a whole new um way of thinking and your life is going to get better uh, Chrissy says, I don't buy it. I do buy into the idea that when you are damaged, I've had a lot of sexual abuse and rape in my life. People who are like that recognize you as a target. Yeah, I, uh, I can understand that too. But I do think there's something to it, but it's not, it's, it's not, a, it's not the magic that that people claim it is. Uh, I think it can de- having a definite positive attitude towards what an outcome might be or the outcome you're looking for absolutely helps in you in motivating you to take the right actions towards it. But again, nothing happens without action. You can't just sit there and think things are going to go well and things will go well just because you thought it. And that, but that's their contention that thoughts are energy. You put it out there, and those thoughts are enough to drive that action. That's not always the case. Uh, but um, it can open your mind to ideas and thus uh, makes you open to going down good paths. Yeah, that, that I agree with. Uh, I think we're on the same page there. But they oversimplify it to make it seem like it's a magical thing that all you have to do is change your thought patterns. And they repeat that over and over again. Anytime you bring up any one of the challenges, and maybe that's a negative exercise in itself, is just talking about some of the challenges. And it feels like, well, you're just trying to poo-poo the whole thing. No, I'm trying to see how it really makes sense and, and does it really work. And so there are real-world examples of challenges that people will have to overcome. Oh, and let's start with people who have nothing. How do you tell somebody who's on on the street trying to figure out where their next meal from is coming from to have positive thoughts and expect a, a, a good outcome when yesterday they went to bed starving and out in the cold and freezing? It's, it's not easy. It's uh, maybe it's simple, 
but it certainly is not an easy thing. And and you definitely ooh, that cat is jumping around in the window back there. She must see a bird. Oh, Badina. <laughs> Uh, you know, the very first morning show I did, uh, it started actually a couple of days before the very first morning show I did. Uh, I saw the cat jumping around the house and chasing something. Look at the back there. That's uh, over there. <laughs> I can't find the direction here. Right there. Um, saw her jumping around the house. What the hell is she playing with? And then uh, I... What's, what's that on the floor? And I, I saw this little fuzzy thing on the floor. It's a little baby uh, tern, bird. A tern, not a turd, a tern. <laughs> and I'm like, how did she get this bird in the house? And she was playing with it, and she obviously murdered it. Murdering son of a bitch that cats are. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, so I, I, you know, disposed of the the little turn. I looked it up. What kind of bird is this? Looked it up on the internet. Got my pictures and stuff. And did the Google image search. And then uh, next day, I opened my front door, and there's a a mother turn on the welcome mat outside my front door. Like that's odd. Like some one of the neighbor cats brought the bird or one of the feral cats that are in the neighborhood brought the bird and left it on my doorstep and then the very first and a couple of days later i started this show and it was right around thanksgiving time i think or maybe before that um and sitting here and she was doing what she was just doing in the window back there and all of a sudden something i'm like what the hell was that it was something flew past my head whoa it's a bird in the house again another baby bird like where the hell how does she get all these baby birds in the house the cats don't go outside and i just had it ended but it was a mystery and that's still a mystery of how these birds got in my house anyway what you just saw there and i'm sure the people on the audio side are really entertained by this whole conversation anyway uh I digress. <laughs> I wonder if she manifested the bird. She just believed. She changed her thought process and will those birds into existence in the house? Possible. Not likely. Um, what's in the news today? Well, I tell you what, there are some good news if you care about the world <laughs> existing. Um. Russia has announced that it's going to be pulling some troops back from the Ukraine border, which is a good sign because uh decreases the chance of war. And nobody really wants war, do they? Uh, do you need more war in your life? I certainly don't need any more war in my life. I'm sick of war. Very war fatigued in my life. So um that's good news. Now, if, if they really do it, we, that's the big if. Will they really follow through on that? And I don't see why not. I think what what happened. And again, I'm no analyst on this. This is this is not uh, this is not top notch uh, political uh, analysis here. This is just uh, me trying to apply some common sense here. I think um, the threat of economic sanctions. And, and starving starving them out 
uh, one over in a day and, and thinking, you know what, they don't want a war, but neither do we. And how real, how important is Ukraine? And so this whole thing, they claim, Russia's claim is they, they don't want Ukraine joining NATO. Well, unfortunately, it's not up to them. Um, and I don't think NATO... I could be extremely naive in this. Maybe I should get Michael Hillebrand, Hillebrand to uh, to come on the show and explain this to me. Uh, I don't think Ukraine or NATO would necessarily have aggressive uh, tendencies towards Russia. I mean, Russia's too big. And everybody, I think the history of the world shows that uh, anybody who contemplates um, invading or picking a fight with Russia is just looking to lose. <laughs> As no matter how starving, and they were pretty much starving at the beginning of World War One or World War Two, um, and we saw how that turned out for Germany. Uh, and when Napoleon attacked them, they were pretty much starving then, and we saw how that worked out. You know, the bear. You don't pick a fight with the bear. So I don't think they have much to worry about. I could understand being nervous. Uh, even big guys get nervous. But at some point, when you're undefeated, you have to kind of be a little more secure. <laughs> they, are, they are undefeated. I mean, nobody's ever nobody's ever taken on Russia and won. I would be secure in that. Hopefully, this is good news. Um, Russiagate. Is back in the news. You know what Russia Gate is? It's uh, when you take Russia and add the word "gate" to it, like we do with anything. We uh, it was Mind Dog Gate, um, Bird Gate, Law of Attraction Gate, Russia Gate. According to um, the right wing, who is all up in arms about shit, the right wing in America, upset that Hillary Clinton campaign funded the opposition research about Donald Trump's Russia ties, and they want her investigated. We, Hillary Clinton's been investigated going back to Watergate just uh, almost as much as John Gotti was investigated. Uh, and she is kind of like the Teflon Don. Now, I'm no Hillary Clinton fan, and I don't think anybody in America really is uh, a Hillary Clinton fan. I shouldn't say that. She's got some core support somewhere in in the, on that side of the, in the Democratic aisle, but it's not ever anywhere near where it was, say, two thousand four, two thousand eight, uh, and then two thousand sixteen. And in two thousand sixteen, it wasn't great. Believe me, there were people on that side who just realized that she was extremely unpopular with the American people. And so uh, they're looking to investigate her again, do, you know, the whole, remember Benghazi? She, she did, I think it was 13 hours on the stand, something ridiculous like that in front of Congress. Um, they're going to investigate her again, and people are all getting their uh, pitchforks out and saying, a ding-dong, the witch is dead. Again, you know, she's fucking Russia. Nobody's ever taken on Hillary Clinton and won. <laughs> That's not true. Donald Trump won. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, she didn't go to jail, and and Trump promised to put her in jail, and never could, never did, and never never even pursued it. So it's just more distraction and nonsense. Uh, I would prefer just never hear the name Clinton again. Uh, just go away. Clintons and Bushes and all those people to just go away and never be mentioned again, never be heard from again. And I think the world will be a better place with that. Um, this guy, Nick Adams, you know who Nick Adams is? Uh, he's certainly not anybody important except in his own mind. Uh, calls himself Donald Trump's favorite author. Uh, like, what are you writing? Tip, uh, C-spot run type of books, children's books. He's Donald Trump, Donald Trump's favorite author. Imagine being the favorite author of a guy who doesn't read, an illiterate guy. Uh, yeah, I'm the favorite author of um, Helen Keller. Yeah, he writes the McDonald's menu. Thank you, Cat. That's beautiful. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, really, this is his claim to fame. He's Donald Trump, uh, a self-proclaimed uh, claim to fame that he's uh, Donald Trump's favorite author. But the reason he's in the news for his rant, guy's obviously a racist, first of all. A rant he put out about the Super Bowl uh, halftime show which was largely black people, except for Eminem, I believe, uh, and how terrible it was. And it would be better and more wholesome, this is bizarre, if people like Ted Nugent and <laughs> and Kid Rock did the show. Uh, and he was dead serious. Uh, I can't imagine he's ever listened to Ted Nugent, Wang Dang Doodle, and uh, whatever, Sweet. Poontang, Wang Dang, Sweet Poontang, and uh, songs about raping thirteen-year-old girls, and and that kind of nonsense, and think that <laughs> that would be more wholesome than "Lose Yourself" from or any of the other songs that I guess were, uh, and it still hasn't occurred to the guy that Ted Nugent. Maybe you should listen to him. Just because he's a conservative and is on the same side of the uh, political spectrum as you, doesn't make him a good guy. Maybe you should listen to to <laughs> some of his lyrics before coming out and saying something that overtly stupid and overtly racist. Uh, and there's no other conclusion that you can come from get come to other than he saw black, and that upset him. It's an all-black show. They're doing that boom, boom, boom music. You know, it's just pretty much the same shit you heard in the 50s about rock and roll. Uh, they call it jungle music then. That kind of stuff. And and he gets elevated, like, on Twitter and on platforms like this. And it, it can really infuriate you if you don't laugh at it and just say, well, this is not my fight to pick. <laughs> let the let this guy make a fool out of himself. Let him just keep going, talking, and being, um, you know, as stupid as he wants to be. And maybe, uh, probably not, but maybe a few people will uh, see him for what he is and just on their own just get rid of him. Um, so 
that's in the news. What else is in the news today? Um, nothing. Olympics is still going on. Fig, Russian figure skater. A lot of Russian stuff. Russian uh, uh, figure skater Camilla Valeria <laughs> is com- compared uh, cleared to compete in the Olympics, but the medal ceremony will be canceled if she wins. I guess she's on performance enhancing drugs, and this is. Uh, something that keeps coming up every Olympics. It's in professional sports too. Performance enhancing drugs. And I I started to bring this up the other day because I'm not sure where I actually fall on this whole whole subject. And not that I have a a dog in the fight in it at all. But performance enhancing drugs my inclination is to say, let them. Why do I care? These are millionaires. They want to take drugs to um, play a game that makes the game more interesting for the fans. The fans love it. They do better. They earn more money. But then there's the other side of it, and the other side is just simply this. There are lots of people who don't want to become drug addicts just to be athletes <laughs> and don't want to have to pump themselves full of stuff that might actually um, shorten their lives or definitely complicate their lives uh, and make their lives a little harder once they get older. But you know what? When you're in your youth, you don't really consider that shit. Well, you're thinking about the here and now, and I want to make my millions now, and I want to be a, I want to be the best there ever was in the game, that kind of stuff. Viagra should be, oh, good morning, Craig. Uh, Viagra should be required before the pairs uh, skate, free skate. Pairs free skate. Um, by On whose part, the audience or <laughs> the skaters? Um, again, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of telling people what they can and can't put in their bodies. But it does kind of, Fuck it up for people who want to remain. And there are some people who want to keep their body clean and want to do things the right way. And it kind of punishes them in some way. Like, so um, you're not going to be able to compete on the same level as the bionic man because they got something a little extra in the tank that you can never have in the tank. And so it encourages those people to give up their principles and start drugging themselves. So. Uh, good morning, Kevin. Uh, just popping in to say hi, and we're just popping pills over here and talking about performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, good to see you there. Um, so that's, uh, that's really all that's happening in the news today that, that's worth even talking about. Uh, if you're, you're just tuning in now, you missed, I was kind of on a, a rant about my last evening's guest. Uh, about um, yes, Jamie. Good morning. We were mentioning pills. You know what? Um, you kids, you kids don't know nothing about no pills. <laughs> you kids don't know nothing about no pills. Um, I started this morning by ranting about uh, my guest from last evening about um, because the subject was loosely around the law of attraction, quantum success, um, changing your life by changing your thoughts. 
and then talked a little bit about um, the Russia-Ukraine thing. Uh, Russia has decided to pull some troops back from the border, Ukraine border, which is a good thing. If they follow through on that, that means war will be diverted, at least for now, which is uh, good news on a Tuesday morning. And then the uh, Hillary Clinton being investigated again or calls for an, another Hillary Clinton investigation. Yay, whoopee-doo. Uh, let's, let's go down that failed pass one more time. Shall we, uh, we, haven't we been down this road before? Um, I miss you going off about Trump's, uh, county dumping and him saying 10 years of returns, probably a fraud. Uh, no, I did not talk about that. I mean, you know what, with the Trump stuff, <sighs> It's been one disappointment for me after another. You, they, people used to call uh, John Gotti the Teflon Don. Trump is more Teflon than anybody I've ever seen. I mean, I I definitely believe that the truest statement Donald Trump ever made was that he could shoot somebody and not lose any support. Shoot somebody on Main Street, I think he said Fifth Avenue, whatever he said. Uh, uh, Yeah, I will not get my hopes up that any prosecution of Donald Trump will ever happen because, again, he's committed crimes in broad daylight. Things he's done are unquestionably crime removing top secret documents and and classified documents i would have been i would still be in jail if i had done that when i had access to them uh 40 years ago i would still be in jail today anybody else and there's no question that he did that I mean, it's not like, well, we need to do an investigation. No, it was like fucking broad daylight. So I, I tell, I definitely uh, see his point that he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, Main Street, whatever he said in broad daylight and not lose any support and not face any accountability for it. He's just like, he's invincible in the eyes of the law for whatever reason. Uh, and... There's so much more beyond that that he absolutely, definitely, no question about. You don't need a whole lot of evidence because we've seen so many things that he's done that are clearly illegal. I'm talking about uh, hatch violations and all these things. Never a single thumb is even listed to lift it to kind of... Uh, hold him accountable for anything. So when, when it comes to the documents and, and the uh, accounting, accounting dumping and all that stuff, pretty much the same thing as the Mueller report. You get your hopes up. You think, wow, he's going to be held accountable. And then some douchebag like William Barr comes in and tears it up and says, no, not Trump. He's innocent. Um, so, no. I, I don't even I don't even want to bother talking about it because it, it just will get me frustrated again. And, and this is you could say the same thing about Clinton. I mean, 
Not that she hasn't committed nearly the number of crimes that that Donald Trump has, but she definitely com- committed perjury. And if you or I committed perjury in front of Congress, provable perjury, we'd go to jail. And and so and you know just the so her removal of documents too. She, she never faced any. You know, what about her emails? I know people made a big fuss over Amy. I listen. I don't really. I don't really put. I'm not like gonna go fucking Benghazi nutcase over her. But that was a crime, and if I committed it, I'd be in jail. Same with Trump, but Trump's got just so much more of those. Uh, if I committed those crimes, I'd be in jail. So sick of seeing the two justice systems in America, one for the rich and powerful and the other one for Joe Schmo. And I just happen to be in the Joe Schmo category. Uh <laughs> Donald Trump is more of a peanut oil and plastic sheets kind of guy. That's so much Teflon. <laughs> yeah. Could you pee on the bed? Um, yeah, I don't even know where to go with that stuff. Anyway, um, so that, I know I avoided the, the Trump news altogether. Probably will continue to until I see something happen uh, with Trump. Now, Trudeau up, up north there. Uh, has invoked the emergency act in response to the trucking situation up there. From what I understand, and and this is where it's going to get a little tricky for the, for everybody involved here with the trucking thing. And again, disclaimer here: I am no political analyst here on and or or know too much about what I should, what I'm talking about here. So, but it is impacting trade that the bridge that the truckers are are blocking uh, is an international trade route. And they're they're blocking almost all of the trade between Canada and the United States. So at some point it's going to affect the United States when it's already affecting the United States, as far as uh, some of the, um, auto plants in, in Detroit and stuff like that who are not able to get parts. Cat's uh, been out of maple syrup for, for weeks. I got some really, really good, amazing maple syrup, Cat. Yeah, I'll drive it all to New York City just for you. You want to have breakfast this morning? I got... Uh, you're going to make pancakes? I'll bring over the maple syrup. I got, some, I got the good shit. I'm not kidding. I don't know where we got it from. Maybe it was a Christmas gift or something. I don't know where it came from. But, wow, really, really amazing stuff. Cat's uh, <laughs> um, my neighbor, actually. She's 75 miles away. That's <laughs> my <a> neighbor. <laughs> um, what the hell was I talking about? Uh, I forget what I was talking about. Oh, the, the shortages. We're already seeing shortages in the audio auto industry of Gap getting parts and that's putting orders on new cars uh delaying uh, delivery of new cars and at some point it's going to affect the job market because people will start to get laid off if they can't get parts and they can't deliver on orders people will start to get laid off so they're trying to 
break up the protest and clear up the bridge that is the biggest thoroughfare between Canada and the United States as far as trade is concerned. Now, how do you do that? You got truckers blocking. Do you go in with the national, with Canada's, I guess, Mounties? I don't know what their version of the National Guard is. That to move those trucks by force, that could get ugly. Not a, it's not a, a a rosy outlook here on anything. No matter how you know, and are these truckers willing to go to jail? Because they could go one one truck at a time. But then you can imagine, you know, protests like that get out of hand. I mean, so cops, how do you go in and arrest one trucker at a time without having to deal with all the other truckers? And uh, you're gonna need some kind of show of force, whether. I don't know what Canada has, National Guard, Mount, Mounties, whatever they have to try to break that up. Doesn't uh, uh, started at a.m. ending uh, three days later. I don't know. Oh, I bet that would be the best pancake breakfast ever. Oh, okay, you're talking about that, not the sucker uh, <laughs> stuff. But it is going to be a problem for the U.S., this whole trucker situation. And I don't think just because Trudeau is uh, act, the emergen- invoking the Emergencies Act uh, that that's going to really do anything. I mean, what it is, getting, getting a phone call, I'm not going to accept. I decline you, Mr. Phone Call. I have not asked for phone calls yet. Um I, I might at some point in about 19 minutes. Uh, I'm expecting uh, Tom Farrell, better known as Big T, uh, who's a comedian, stand-up comedian here, host of THC TV. Apparently, well, THC TV. He's a chef, or and he cooks with the uh, you know the cannabis, the marijuana, the, uh, the the dope, you know, the stuff your kids are into. Not me. Anyway, uh, he he cooks with that stuff, but he, apparently he's a stand-up comedian, the show of THC TV, a host of THC TV, and also a compulsive gambler who loses constantly, <laughs> but gives out gambling tips. Now, uh, you don't want to take tips from a guy who loses con- uh, consistently. I just want to say that. Uh, Biddy Wayne Davis, Billy Wayne, said that, uh, something to the effect that the same people egging on the truckers are the same people that messed with their pensions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the, 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 the Teamsters Union are not standing with the truckers. And the Teamsters Union represents most of it. Apparently, it's a very small percentage of truckers who are doing this, engaged in this. And the other part of this that I just found out last night, what, what this is about is they don't want to get the vaccine. But 90%, I'm not sure that this number is definitely accurate, but I heard it from three different sources last night, that 90% of truckers are already vaccinated. So you're talking about 10% of guys who are afraid to get a needle or what this whole thing is about. Or afraid, oh, it's going to cause side effects. It's going to give me myocarditis. I don't even know what that word means, but it's going to give it to me. Or they wouldn't talk like that. That was kind of like a southern trucker. I, uh, 
Hey, get me Mario Carditis. Hey, that's my Canada. I know it's not very good. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll work on my Canada. So I could do uh, uh, you are a lager, eh? Not you are. Hey, Buster the Body Crab. I know Tommy Chung's uh, version of a Canadian accent. Not necessarily uh, one of the two guys, uh, the Great White North there. I can't remember their name now. <laughs> Senior moment. The Great White North guys. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, no, not that was not Yoda. That was Jack. Uh, not Jack too tight. Buster the Body Crab. Le Mont Pion. <laughs> Buster the Body Crab from a Cheech and Chung bit uh, about uh, uh, body crabs. Uh, Bob and Dunk McKenzie. Thank you, man. It's getting old sucks. Losing your memory. Losing your long-term memory. Bingo. No, not bingo. Bingo wasn't even around then. Um, <laughs> anytime anybody says bingo now, I think of fucking Stanhope's wife. Uh, anyway, um, where was I? Oh, yeah. So Big T is a, a compulsive gambler. I believe uh, at the most recent show he talked, he talked, he was talking about right before the Super Bowl. He was fourteen grand in the hole for this season. <laughs> Not a guy you want to um, necessarily get your gambling tips from, but it should be an interesting conversation to talk to him about that and give him rib him a little bit about uh, his less than stellar successful uh, record on this stuff and why he, he continues to. To do it, <laughs> what, misery loves company. Just trying to drag people down with you. I'm going to continue to give out tips, even though <laughs> I clearly am losing big time. Follow me. Do what I do. <laughs> if you want to be a loser like me, uh, I don't know. We'll see. It should be an interesting conversation. Should not. Should it not? Um, and I'm going to save my advertising thing uh, about my bookie especially until just before he gets here today uh i was also talking a little bit about the douchebag who uh claims he's donald trump's favorite author who uh thinks that kid rock and ted nugent now he did throw in lee greenwood for for good measure uh would make a better halftime show uh than the uh hip hop show that was part of it a part of the show and uh clearly guy doesn't know who Ted Nugent is or or what Ted Nugent's about because you're thinking you know Ted Nugent is somehow yeah Ted Ted Nugent Kid Rock and Lee Green, Greenwood would put on a better half show, uh halftime show than these hoodlums um uh, well Kid Rock is a silver spoon brat who became a hoodlum on purpose to sell. Uh, he became white trash, even though he's born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Uh, purposely white trashified himself, uh, and definitely did not ever sing about wholesome things. Uh, sang about snorting cocaine and uh, and 
cheating on women and all that kind of stuff. And um, Ted Nugent uh, likes to talk about raping young girls, 13-year-old girls and 14-year-old girls and um, sweet, what is it, Wang Dang, Sweet Putang, and all, it's several things like that. So I don't think, um, I don't think necessarily that would be any more wholesome than what we see in hip-hop music lyrics today. Just call me uh, old-fashioned. Call me the church lady. Well, it's not special. Uh, I don't think, uh, if you're looking for wholesome, those two are the way you go. Now, Lee Greenwood, yeah, I could see him. He's the kind of guy that you, you want to bake cookies with. But uh, <laughs> um, also a bore, as boring as fuck. And he had, what, two, two hits uh, 40, 35 years ago? And since then, uh, and 35 years ago, times were very different, by the way. Since then, what has Lee Greenwood done to impress you? Uh, I think somebody, like, totaled up, um, and not that awards mean anything, but somebody was pointing out that the participants of the halftime show this year had, like, 18 or some, some crazy number of Grammys between them. And uh, Kid Rock, Ted, Ted Nugent, and Lee Greenwood, uh, all three combined have won. <laughs> I'm guessing it's Lee Greenwood with uh, God Bless America, God Bless the USA, whatever the hell it is. Uh, what else is going on today? Um, nothing, really. The, the trending stuff is really uh, slow news day, which is a good thing. I mean, I, I guess maybe not that slow. I you're talking about the possibility of a war being avoided. That's a good thing. And if you're into the Olympic Games, there's plenty of that stuff going on. I'm, I'm just not. And I understand. I understand the people who are. I just can't understand rooting for anybody. I, I mean, uh, oh, there's a sprinter Shaakari Richardson. She's double standard in handling of Camellia Valvi doping case. I didn't know doping. I thought she was on uh, performance enhancing drugs. Now, doping is a whole other thing, right? Doping is when, um, maybe I have this wrong, but I, 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 I'm I, under the impression that it, like having your blood drawn and having it uh, pumped back in at the right time to give it. I'm not sure about that. I need to get clear on what doping is if you guys in the in the chat room are more uh educated on this i would appreciate some information on it but i'm un, under the impression it has something to do with um removing your blood and then having it transfused back in right before your performance uh anti-doping policy i don't know what that what that really actually is i will have to look it up to have any kind of opinion on that. And double standard as opposed to, is that any worse than like taking steroids or something? I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing is becomes really, um, the only thing it would, uh, again, where it becomes unfair is for people who, who want to remain clean and sober for, for lack of a better way of putting it, uh, clean and sober. 
maybe it's time to introduce you Koa Coffee. Is it? Is it that time yet? I don't know if it is, but I could certainly need use a refresher on some Koa Coffee. I'll tell you that much. Damn good coffee and hot. What's this Dickie V thing? Does anybody know Dickie V? Um, Dickie V. Oh, Dick Val. Uh, yeah, Dickie Vital. Basketball, baby. Uh, did he die? Did Dick Vital die? Did he pass something? Why is he? Oh, praying. Is he in the hospital? People praying for Dickie V. I don't know. I never heard him called Dickie V before. Good luck, Dickie V. You got this. Uh, I guess he's getting operated on. Big deal. Big deal. He's like 150 years old, isn't he? I remember Dick Vitale when I was a kid. You know, I don't know. Men who call or, or name Dick, I just can't imagine going through a life being called Dick. I'm sorry. I would change my name. I, I, and I have a friend named Richie. Is is all his life people have known him by Richie. Recently, he started calling himself Dick. He put a he changed all his profile stuff on social media from Richie to Dick. I mean, late life, almost he's definitely sixty years old, so old sixty or older, sixty two, sixty three, my age. Start calling himself Dick. Do you not understand that Dick is a negative? If I, uh, uh, unless you're like horny and you want some dick, <laughs> but generally, if I call you a dick, I'm not saying that it complimentary. It's not a complimentary term. Uh, um, last rights. Uh, this last rights pod guy. By the way, I will be on that show tomorrow. It'll probably be a very uh, contentious interview. Uh, last right, last rights pod guy says he drank uh, cold coffee and it melted steel beams faster than jet fuel. Uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, maybe, maybe it was an inside job. Did you ever think of that? An inside job? I would call Alex Jones and find out about this stuff. Cold coffee will not, just for for the record, not melt uh, steel beams. Uh, maybe it'll melt Jim Beam. Um, did it spare the passports? That's, oh, that's clever. That's very clever. No passwords were harmed in the drinking of this coffee. <clears throat> Getting a little scratchy here. Probably a little Omicron coming back. I, I never had Omicron, actually. I thought I did, but I tested negative. Definitely, uh, I'm a negative guy, pretty negative guy. That's what I hear, negative guy. I'm going to uh, get some fresh coffee. I'm going to play my cold coffee spot. You know what? Uh, cold coffee does not melt steel beams, but it will melt away the fog, the morning fog that makes a mind dog uh, just um, incoherent, um, a little bit uh Struggling to remember Bob and Doug McKenzie and things like that, and and trivial uh, nonsense that should be 
remembered, but it's sometimes difficult to remember. Cold coffee will snap you right out of that. And I say that as it, it hasn't yet, but I do remember Doug and uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie now. And you could say it's because Cat reminded me of that. Or you could say it's because the cold coffee kicked in. And because Cat is not paying for sponsorship, we'll decide that it was the cold coffee. Simple as that. Cold coffee. It will make you smart or not. But um, it will make you awake, more awake, I could say that. And definitely I want some more of it. And so that's why I'm going to tell you right now about cold coffee. Now, this is tricky because it's only a minute and 20 second spot. And um, it's going to be very, going to be a test to see whether I can make it back in time. Wish me well. Wish me luck. Wish me well. Uh, I'm going now to get some fresh Koa coffee. This episode is brought to you by Koa Coffee. If you are a coffee connoisseur and want to experience the best coffee Hawaii has to offer, no blends, no compromise, try the true taste of aloha. Koa Coffee produces premium Hawaiian coffee, hand-picked, expertly roasted, and delivered from Hawaii to your door with aloha. From award-winning 100% Kona coffee grown on the slopes of the Mauna Loa volcano to the unique mocha beans of Maui, they strive to provide their loyal customers with the best quality and freshness. Since 1997, Koa Coffee has been known far and wide as a product of utmost quality and their awards proven. Koa Coffee was featured in Forbes' Top 10 Coffees of the World. This is the coffee Forbes called the best coffee in America. Find out what it's all about. Go to minddogtv.com slash coffee. Oh, he just made it back in time, didn't he? Well, that was difficult. Uh, I didn't even get to see the girl running on the beach. I should probably play that spot again because uh, I didn't get to see my pretty girl running down the beach. That's always the best part of that spot. I took a little too long. I was too nonchalant in that. I didn't really hurry. Uh, cold coffee performance enhancing allowed at the Olympics. Is it? Uh, that's a good question or a, a good statement. Uh, I don't know if it's true. Um Wow. Anyway, uh, I'm glad. It looks like Tom is um, a little late in joining us. Big T. Uh, maybe he's uh, out at the bookie trying to. Um, let me let me see if I can reach out to him. Now here's oh, he's with us now. Uh, I just heard a little click in the background. Uh, I see Big T is back in his studio there. I'm gonna. Uh, bring him in in just a minute, but I think it's time since uh, I've been playing uh, the cold coffee spot to mention our other sponsor right now, and it seems definitely apropos uh, with my guests sitting there uh, in the background. Perfect time to run the t- uh, our other sponsors spot. Our other sponsor today happens to be 
mybookie.com. Yes, that's right, mybookie.com. Can I get some music from the band? Guys, can you uh, play me a song? Thank you very much. Oh, that's a nice little song. Thank you about that. Now, uh, we're brought to you by mybookie.com. Go to mybookie.com. Use the promo code MINDDOG. And I'll tell you about that in just one second. Online game. Start again, bro. Online gaming pioneers created MyBookie in 2014, vowing to improve services where so many other brands failed. MyBookie's top priorities have always been the easiest deposits, the fastest payouts, and the absolute best customer service. Since launching MyBookie, uh, they have delivered on their promise of excellence uh, in service as well as easy, fast deposits and payouts. That's not to mention providing an always expanding selection of sports odds for players at all levels. As a MyBookie player, you're going to get uh, the industry's most rewarding loyalty program, payout requests processed in 48 hours or less, 24-7 English-speaking customer service uh, via chat and email. You know, I, I, this always goes better when I read it in a Barry White voice, yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to do that today. Um... Great bonuses on every deposit. The highest credit card acceptance rates anywhere. So if you really like, uh, you can't afford food, but you have a, like one of these high interest rate credit cards and you want to just totally ruin your life with your compulsive gambling, you can uh, use just about any shitty credit card you can find. And there you go. Uh, they also have hundreds of casino games. If you're new to online gaming, you just found the best the industry has to offer. If you're a seasoned veteran, compare my bookie to your bookie or the guy down the street and make the switch today and you'll be glad you did. And here's the thing. When you use the promo code MINDDOG, MINDDOG, babe, uh, they're going to match your first deposit up to $1,000. What does that mean, match my first deposit? Well, it means you give them some money to, that you're going to plan to bet with. And they'll tell you it's twice what you just gave them, up to a thousand dollars. So a thousand becomes two thousand, just like that. You're a winner. Uh, and for somebody like Big T, who's fourteen grand in a hole or something, uh, that two grand could probably come in handy. Anyway, uh, that's mybookie.com. Make sure you use the promo code MINDDOG. Thank you. I have to get rid of that screen, please. Thank you very much. Uh, Tom Farrell, otherwise known as Big T, who uh, is the host of THC TV, stand-up comedian, and uh, gambling consultant <laughs> to, the, to the stars is with me now. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears and open your minds and help them welcome Big T to the program. Tom, how are you? What's up, dog? How you doing? Good morning. Uh, so do I have this correct? I've been watching a little bit of uh, THC TV, and it seems like you're... you're Deep in the hole with the gambling thing, are you? I know it's funny. I uh, can you hear me uh, all right? What? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, it could be a little louder. Uh, all right, let me uh. Uh, you're all right though. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go crazy over it, but it could uh, be a, just a touch louder. I, I, I'll talk a little louder. Sorry about that. Uh, I, I actually stumbled across on Fanduel. There was an option, and uh, if you want the exact number. I, it said I signed up in 2014, and I I didn't start like really gambling without a, a bookie in the neighborhood since like 2017 maybe. I'm on airplane mode. I gambled like six hundred thousand dollars. Holy shit! Some absurd number. I told my girlfriend in the call yesterday. She just looked at me. You know that look that just 
<laughs> she's awesome. She's awesome. But the look was just like it made you feel self-conscious about your life. You know what I mean? Like, I'll get, I'll get the exact number right now. I uh, because I used to have the local bookies, and I would be able to win. Winning was easy, but giving it all back after you take a two hundred and fifty dollar account, and next thing you know you're up six thousand. Now your max bet's two thousand. You know what I mean? Because they change it on you. They they know I'm an animal. And, and the head would be spinning. Like, how'd you turn 250 into 17,000 or whatever it was, you know? And I started just driving to the Meadowlands and just dropping bombs, you know? And <laughs> bombs, bombs. And I couldn't hurt myself because I live in Rockaway. I wasn't driving back to the night game or right. post 11 o'clock whack game, the USC games, you know, Weaver State or whoever it is. Well, let me let me get this exact number for you because it's 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 – it's absurd. Since I oh, 620,000 and I bet 613. So I'm up six six $6,000. Oh, so you're up. So there you go. I thought you, you were. You see that on the camera? Not really, but oh, I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word. Up is a good thing. I thought you were down because I the last last video I saw of you, you were claiming to be down like 14 grand or something <laughs> in the last, I guess, six months, maybe. I, I uh I did a video recently. They they've been can I curse? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Uh, they've been mind fucking me. I would never be good on these like uh, TV game shows because <laughs> I had a parlay that paid like twenty twenty thousand something like that. A Friday night, I needed the Celtics and the Bucks, whatever. They offered me a cash out of twelve. It started at ten, then got to eleven, went all the way up to twelve five. And I'm sitting there. I, I can't tell my girl. You know what I mean? Like I can, but I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. So I'm like, oh, I panic. I don't cash out. The bet loses. So I left 12-5 on the table. Now, wow. I'm, now my mind's all over the place. Now I'm cashing out all weekend. You know, I'm cashing out winners, winners, and then freaking for the next week, I cashed out. I, if you saw my local um, on my Instagram, I it's like seventy thousand I left on the table. I, I did the the math of the winnings minus the cash out of like six parlays, bombs, huge. I'll take a small parlay, let it ride, and then if I hit, I mean, if I hit, then I let it ride because I'm a maniac. I don't take any back. And that's how you can win 40, 50, 60,000 on a parlay. You know, so I, I left a lot of money on the table and I won a lot of money to end the year. And then once it went legal in New York, because I was bought, I had my one friend in Jersey, I paid him $100 to put it in for me, you know? And he has a family that can get one bet in, you know? And he would log in from Jersey. But I don't, I shouldn't be saying this on the air, probably, uh, State laws <laughs> or whatever, whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> so now, once it went legal in New York, I gave it all back. I'm live betting, just stupid bets, you know. And now, this past week, FanDuel, which was putting money in my account because I wasn't gambling, just to get me lowering me back in, gave me right. tickets to the Nets game against the Celtics. Everything was free. Six seats, you go scan. I can get chicken palm, water, beer, all on them. <laughs> and. The Nets were down a lot of guys from, uh, I forget what it was, and I won like 40000 that night. And then uh, on Friday, I was at a show. Of course, I should be in the moment. Instead, I'm at the bar looking at my phone, pacing around. I had a bomb. It lost. But then I did a shits and giggles nine-teamer with players' props. I hit a nine-teamer. This guy's losing his mind. I gained all my money back that I gave back. It's, it's great. I love it. I love it. I can't stop. I can't they, stop. You just said something about they, they legalized it in New York. What did they legalize in New York? Because we have a casino here out on Long Island where I am, but I, I wasn't aware of what's legal now. <laughs> uh, you can do it right on your phone with FanDuel, DraftKings. 
There's so many options. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, I grew up the son of a bookmaker, and my my family life as a kid was fucking crazy, man. Uh, I mean, we, every day, every week was like we were either rich or poor, and my old man was a fucking maniac. Like, his fucking temper was... So I had to leave home at 14. But uh, on that stuff about losing and guys who got deep into it, they would end up turning state's evidence. You know, they get too too deep in the hole and all of a sudden they're six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars in debt. They're gonna start going to the, the feds and try to get into a witness protection program. So my house was busted under the RICO Act and they had wiretaps on my my house and took my mom and dad to jail. I came home from uh, high school, uh, ninth grade, and both my both my parents were in jail. <laughs> the FBI had raided the house. Rico acts so. scumbags. They want to <laughs> dance, but they don't want to pay the band. Like I listen, I was one. At least I would, I would work out a payment plan. I, you know, I mean, I was always I would get hurt for UPS. I'd get a settlement on my shoulder. Went right to the bookie. It was, it was pathetic. Yeah, <laughs> but but so now it's legal. So things would be much different. So I'm wondering if if that puts like the street guy, the guy like my father would probably be out of business now. No. My friend who does, he has a book, it dropped significantly. But just like just like the weed game and everything else, there's dispensaries, there's <clears throat> credit. Credit is king. These people gambling with the legit stuff, they'll be, I told my friend, patience, they'll be back because they can't show their wife why they're withdrawing all this money. They need <laughs> the credit. The credit is king. Dude, the country's built on credit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, on. no doubt about it. My nighttime show is sponsored by uh, uh, um, a lender uh, who just lends people business money, and uh, they don't. You don't have to be all that qualified to get your hands on a lot of cash. So I, I've always thought about that. If I was really good at um, turning. A winning hand, I would probably be inclined to do that. But because of my upbringing, I'm trying, I, I'm nervous about it. <laughs> I was actually talking to uh, an older friend of mine, a new guy that's in my life, whatever. Like, uh, and he was like, "Oh, I used to collect for the bookmaker." And he's like, "Oh, I was, I get into gambling right away because I love it. I just can't stop talking about it." He's like, "Oh, you love the chase, the art of losing, or a chase of losing." I'm like, "What? What are you a loser? No, no, I love winning substantial amount of money." In twenty-four minute period, by betting the first half, you know what I mean that intensity and that winning. Like, there's nothing like getting on stage, doing stand-up, and killing and winning a substantial amount of money in three hours. Like gambling on on a couple of NBA games. There's nothing like those things in the world. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's the best feeling, but it's also the worst feeling. You know what I mean? I'm at Valentine's Day last night. I was feeling hot. Because I, I did I did decent on the Super Bowl. I, I didn't want to bet. It was just the Super Bowls. So I do some action in. And it sort of it takes you down a little. You know what I mean? We're at this beautiful Italian restaurant, my beautiful girl. And I'm like, damn, I gave a little money back. It just it does take you down. And then when I would lose bad, like no girl, no, you just want to sit in the dark. You know what I mean? Those bad beats, those cock smashes. Like you don't want to be around no one. You just want to be by yourself. Maybe looking at the I'll go through CBS Sports to the plays like Oh, Kevin Love missed two free throws? That scumbag. Then I go to a stack. 87%. What's wrong with this guy? What the hell? I hate this guy. And you don't want to wish bad things, but you don't want bad karma. But you, you try not to think. It's hard to not get in your head, you know? Yeah. Um, so the NBA is your thing, not not football as much. NBA is your main. Uh, listen, I, you, 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 it's the NBA, but then the, like football. I love football also, but the NBA, I just, I, there's something about it. I love I never played football, 
when I was young, I was too big. I didn't pay like four grades up, so it, that was just dangerous. So I, <laughs> I, I love basketball. Basketball, you go to the park, you can just find people to play with. I just love, and I love the NBA. I don't know why. I never heard that before. I was too big to, I was dangerous to other kids. <laughs> <laughs> I was in like fourth grade. Like, you have to play with the, the, the junior high schoolers. I'm like, what? it's not my fault these other kids don't eat string beans or whatever, chicken or whatever they're not eating. How big are you? Because it's hard to tell on on the internet. <laughs> I'm around 309 right now. I lost 25 pounds since mid December. I stopped eating edibles. And I was eating 20,000 calories. I'm out of my mind. I couldn't stop eating. Well, well, let me just put this back on airplane. So, so uh, wait a minute, because you're the edible king, from what I read. So you can't quit. Uh, <laughs> can't quit eating edibles. You're the edible king, are you not? Do I have that wrong? No, 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 I am the edible king of New York, and I still make the best edibles in New York. I got my cooking show over here. You know, I, mean? uh, I, I do CBD also. CBD doesn't set me off the reservation, but, like, the, the edibles, like, listen, if blowjobs made me gain weight, I'm a skinny guy getting hand jobs now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be a fat guy getting blowjobs. I, I love edibles, but... 25 pounds in about six weeks, and I didn't change anything else yet. You know, like it's, it's as a fat person my whole life, the kid who couldn't play on the football team, I, it, I got to step back for a little while, still make the, the best edibles in New York. So I'm still holding the crown, bake what your mama gave you. That's my edible company. Gotcha. And, uh, I have seen some of the cooking videos now. And you make all sorts of things with, with THC in it, or uh, how does how does? Well, first of all, where do you learn to cook with that shit? I'll tell you my 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 only experience is that college forty five years ago now when I was in college, uh, we used to I was in New Mexico and we were able to buy pot from Mexico at sixty dollars a pound, but it was you can imagine sixty dollars a pound weed. Not something you want to smoke. It will taste like fucking socks or something. And, and so we bake it into a cake. But that would fuck me up. Like baking it into a cake and we'd eat the entire cake and then I'd be paralyzed and like sick and throwing up and shit. So what's the trick to THC uh, or, or what? I don't even know. But THC well, cooking? Like you, you always remember the stories, like you said, of just taking the weed and throwing it in the butter. And in the pan, they pour it in the brownie mix. You got to decarb it, deboxylization, something like that. You take it at a low temperature, 250, like a half hour, and the smell in your house is like no other because you're baking like an ounce of weed, two, two ounces. My neighbor was like, I don't know what you're doing in there, but if the landlord came, you'd be in trouble. Like, oh, yeah, all right, thanks. <laughs> I know it smells. Like, shut up. But that maximizes the THCA it's released. Like, when you did it, you might have been at like 40% and you still got ripped. When you decarb it, now you're at like closer to 90%. And you get even stronger. And it does something with the earthiness of the, like, you know, like maybe you always had like a weedy taste. Yeah. People always compliment mine on, you don't even taste it, you know? Yeah. We so overdid it so that it you could actually still feel the the grain of the, the reefer in, in the cake. I mean, it was like you were eating a bag of weed. That I, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm actually dog sitting right now, so I have a little baby dog in my lap, so if you see me, something squirming around, it's my, my girl's dad's dog. <laughs> if you see something, don't don't be don't be shocked. You see that little uh, pop up. It, it is. <laughs> it is where we get to all sorts. Of, I had a cat in the window before, and I'm talking about uh, somehow a bird got in my house, and they were the cats were chasing around the bird. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I have a Mexican weed story. It 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 was pre nine eleven, so things were a little different, you know. 
and I was visiting my aunt in Arizona, and like you said, cheap weed. And we're right by the border, not by the border, but close enough. We were in Arizona. I was in Scottsdale or wherever. And I got like a quarter pound for like 150 bucks compared to New York prices. I'm like, this is great. I remember I brought like 50 ecstasy pills with me for my friend in like Yavapai College. Never met up with him. I was just eating them with my uncle in the garage. Just had them thrown in my book bag. You know what I mean? Pre-9-11, just right in the back couch. And then I took the weed and I duct taped it under my crotch like a sumo wrestler. <laughs> and my aunt works for United. So I'm like walking through the terminal. I'm stink like weed. I get on the plane. I, I get through everything because there's no like, it's lax. It's pre 9 11. It's like 98, whatever it was. I take it off, throw it in my bag on the plane. The whole plane stunk. I got back to New York with that cheap weed. It wasn't that bad, but it definitely wasn't worth the risk, especially with all those <laughs> ecstasy pills. That's what I was taking at the time, like a maniac, like just. Partying, you're young and stupid, you know. Yeah. And taking a chance coming back, like I think about that, like how lucky I was, like how stupid, also, you know. <laughs> yeah, I had a guy on my nighttime program last week who who was older than me, and I'm pretty fucking old, but he he was in the seven late sixties, a hash smoker. And was so committed to hash that he couldn't get any. He figured, I'm going to go to Lebanon and get some hash and, and fly back with it. And he did. He went over there and they bought like, uh, I forget how much it was. But they were tap uh, him and his buddy were taped completely, had hashies ta taped all over their body and like around them and got on the plane. And this, it started reeking on the plane, like the entire plane was reeking like hash. And I, I get, I don't remember, I don't know now but i don't hear about anybody smoking hash anymore is hash still a thing well i actually like randomly you'll see people have it you know but there's yeah. so much other stuff now you have the wax the concentrates which is is up there also but like there's a modern day hash called uh moon rocks they take, moon rocks that's what i've heard of but yeah, yeah they put it in like a solvent and then they roll it in keith and it's similar it's really so similar to hash like the way you have to peel it apart and uh you know you can't just like it's like gets on your fingers, but once in a while, hash will come around, and I, I'll pick it up, and it's like, eh, it's, it's good. You know, you add it to your joints or your buns or whatever it is. Yeah. But it randomly comes around, and like nostalgia, like for nostalgia reasons, you have to get it and try. You know. Yeah. So we're both in New York. I'm out on Long Island. You're Rockaway, uh, and I I know that area from. I used to play there, uh, that area a lot. But uh, I'm just curious because out here. We don't have any uh, recreational dispensaries yet. We have a medical dispensary, which is where I go because I, I, at my age, it's like 80, 80 miles to drive to anybody I know who's like a street dealer type of guy. So I, I go to a dispensary. But they don't have like moon rocks and stuff like that. Oh, where you are, are there recreational dispensaries yet? Or do you, you used to buy from a guy on the street, like a, a friend? I, um, I have the card. I had a work injury from UPS. They got me acupuncture, a weed card. I'm like, this is the gift that keeps on giving. You're right, you're yeah, right. you could just say I get headaches and they'll give me a card, though. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I got a, I got a thunk, uh, hangnail or something. Yeah, give yeah, me a card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, but I, I never even stepped into a, the dispensary. I don't like dispensaries. I, uh, I have my friend who is like the connect guy, one of my good friends. So I go there and it's a dispensary in itself. No taxation without representation and just the best stuff. And like the times I went to another state before it was legal here, I'm like, buddy, I smoke the best weed. I need this. And they're reading off a card. Uh, this is 33%. Buddy, give me the best. If, if, if I went to my friends or if I had something and you came over, hey, Tom, well, uh, knock me out. I'm like, yeah, take this joint. You know what I mean? Like I, I would steer you the right way. But right. a lot of these dispensaries, they read off a card and they don't 
they don't guide the customer the right way. They just sell them on maybe a name, and then you smoke it. It's like mids. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. Yeah, it's, it's not, you know, I feel ripped off every time I go there. But again, at my age, I, I don't really have connections like I did when I was young to go say, uh, and, and everybody I know who might be, like in the business, it lives so far away. I'm out in Shoreham, Long Island. So uh, really just to go to a 7-Eleven would take me a half hour because that's how remote I am. <laughs> where, where, where in Long Island? Shoreham, out, uh, exit 68 on the LIE and then all the way north, right on the North Shore. So I'm oh, more, I, yeah, I'm I, way I think, I think my dad lives out there. Oh, really? Yeah, he's in Cavalton Cemetery. <laughs> oh. Mine too. <laughs> Yes, Calverton is in my backyard. Uh, oh, kind of, all right. Right? <laughs> That's well, where I live. <laughs> listen, we'll, we'll talk after the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Because uh, I pay $50 for an eighth uh, of shitty I mean, it, it, they claim it's good weed. It's 22% THC. But then I, I was telling uh, Jackie, Jackie the Joke Man Martling will be here with tomorrow. I said, I could smoke this shit all day and I'm not getting high. I don't feel like I'm getting any buzz out of it at all. Like, what's, what's the deal with this shit? Uh, so it, I do feel like the dispensary thing is a, is a major ripoff. You're paying more for shittier weed and it's just like a way for the state to make money on it. Well, listen, really? dog, I got you. And um, listen, the state can make money or we can make money for the post office and <laughs> we'll, cut out, we'll cut out the drive. We'll talk afterwards without saying anything more. <laughs> cool. Uh, tell, tell me about uh, comedy. Somebody, you know uh, Rob White? Does that name sound familiar? Rob White? Yeah. Well, uh, big guy wears a fedora. Yeah. I just met him Friday night. He was at that show in, uh, I think, Patch Hog. Yeah, okay. That's that's the guy cuz he was when he saw you were going to be on the program, he said, "I did a show with him just the other night, funny as shit." And then some other guy started started with, "Shit's not funny, man." And I'm like, "What the fuck are you oh. starting like stupid comments on on uh, Facebook?" But I wasn't sure cuz Rob was on this program last week and I wasn't sure if he was saying you were funny as shit or I was funny as shit. And I was like, <laughs> "Do but you know?" He he, uh, he gave me a compliment afterwards. I'm hoping it is he was talking about me or both. I always talking about both of us. You know, uh, I don't think I think he was talking about you because when he was on here, I wasn't funny at all. He was a little funny, but I was uh, struggling to try to <laughs> try to keep up. They uh, there's a guy, uh, Li Canada Aficionado. They run an amazing show at events. Uh, it's the second one I, I did with him, smoking jokes, and they had a guy with a pizza make a pizza machine, uh, pizza oven making medicated pizza. Just top notch everything, and uh, the, the comedy shows have been awesome. The people have been real, like receptive, like paying attention, which are hard at these weed shows because everyone's high. You don't know if they're laughing or not. They're laughing in their mind because they're so high on edibles or wherever else. Like it just, everyone's just ridiculously high. It's hard to get a feedback, but then you see people who are at the show, like that was a great show. I'm like, why don't you laugh? It's <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. so high. It's like uh, it's too high to laugh. Yeah, I get it. I, I've been there. Uh, where it just takes too much energy to laugh really hard, but you're laughing on the inside. I've been yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, he he let off, and he you know, he's he's funny also. And I think the the host was a little too high, and if you got the light him, he did like twenty minutes a half hour to open the show. Like I'm sitting there, I'm like, wow, this is a lot to give him. They open a lot of time. <laughs> like I, they forgot to light him. <laughs> so uh, where you are now, that area, is there a, a comedy scene happening in, in like the Queens, Rockaway area, or you got to travel for every kind of thing that you do? 40 plus minutes to anywhere. Like if I go to Governor's for a mic in the little room, 40 something minutes. 
in the in the same county, I go to Astoria. There's a, a budding scene in Astoria. I used to go to Long Island City, the Creek in the Cave. They closed. They moved to Austin during the pandemic. But Astoria is 50 minutes at 10 o'clock at night in the same county. I can go to like a, a Soho Playhouse in Manhattan, go through Brooklyn and Manhattan, get there in 38 minutes in right. three counties. I can stay in the same county. It takes me 50 at off-peak hours. So yeah. it's, it, it is what it is. It is far Rockaway. But, and listen, it's always like a joint and a podcast away. That's my time to just release and think. You know I mean? Not think. You know what I mean? Not, not worry about edibles, this, that. I'm just in the zone thinking about my jokes. And then on the way home, hopefully I'm just riding the, the endorphins of just crushing an open mic and a new joke, you know? So it, 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 it's a, you can look at it as a pain. Oh, it's a long drive. No, no, that's my peaceful time. You know what I mean? That's my downtime. You know, podcast right. joint. And uh, I'm trying to trademark. I'm trademarking Big Which Mama gave you. Trying to turn it into some sort of CBD company. Get some of my friends to back me. And I want, I want like a, a warehouse with a little coffee place next door selling CBD. And then just like at night do comedy. I wanna, I wanna. I, you got to put it out into the universe for it to happen. Is it a pipe dream? Maybe. But know what? I want to bring something to even far Rockaway because then you have access to Long Beach and parts of Long Island, you're by the airport. It's just something that I'm thinking about and just, we need something over here, you know? I hear you. Um, and um, I, it's funny that you say put it out there to the universe because we were talking earlier, last night I had a, uh, my guest on the evening program was a lady who talks about the law of attraction and putting stuff out there in the universe and just changing your thoughts and willing and manifesting these things. In the, and I'm a bit of a skeptic with that, but I, I obviously it can't hurt obviously to kind of, uh, uh, to think about these things and think in a positive thing that it's going uh, a positive way that it's going to happen. Other I think it can hurt if you think of negative, like I can't do that. So I, that's as far as I will go with that stuff, but the magical thinking part of it, I'm not sure I'm down with that, but, um, I did see a TikTok video of you where you seem to have a sponsorship from a pre-roll company. Uh, is that no longer happening? Because uh, you did uh, I, pe pe Pecorillos or something? Oh, I know what it was. I was getting these new products from my friends. And just to create content, you know, like I, I do, what, do what you know. I know weed. <laughs> and I get these wild products that aren't at a dispensary here. And I actually got this new weed. In like this pouch of a girl's like ass and and, and the front part, it's called Coochie Runts. I'm gonna do a review on that. I, I believe today I'm gonna roll that up. Some beautiful, 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 beautiful work. Wow. And I just I was like, no one. Let me. I did a couple of them, and people were sort of into them. Like you know what I mean? It's just silly. It's a quick video, and you, and see what else is out there in the world. You know what I mean? And like I try to keep them loose, and it's just I'm trying to create content. You know I. uh it was like, I think there was maybe it was a lull during the Omicron or one of those like shutdowns. You got to create content. You got to do something to keep the brain going, you know? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. I'm going to get on board with your content because I, I mean, I I think you're right. Do what you know. But I also, I'm a big fan of, I've been a big fan of, of weed my whole life. So I love the content. I, I smoked a joint with Tommy Chong last week. So, <laughs> Well, where'd you go? I smoked a joint with Tommy Chung. It was virtual. I have Tommy oh. on my my program, uh, well, a lot now. He's like a regular guy coming on That's the awesome. show, and so. But I, I I never smoked a joint with him. So I lit up, and he lit up, and then I thought, well, now I I can fucking put this roach on eBay. This is a joint I smoked with Tommy Chong. I'm always thinking about. It. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, it, it, that always takes me back to my childhood. 
we lived in Brooklyn, right on Kings Highway in Flatbush, and it was like a champagne video, royal video. Remember those video stores before Blockbuster? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was it was definitely before second grade because we moved after that, and we would go get the uh, me and my brother, with my dad, we would get the full length feature, Tom and Jerry, the whole movie. It would be like whatever. It was it was because it's classic Tom and Jerry. My dad would get Cheech and Chong. We watch Tom and Jerry, and we shouldn't have been watching Cheech and Chong with him, you know. But like that's like. <laughs> It's instilled in my head, but we'd go to baseball practice and we'd lock my dad out and he'd be knocking on the window. We'd be like, keep on knocking, but you can't come in. I said, Chicken Charlie, the little kids doing this. And my, you know, my dad was the man, you know, just seeing Cheech and Chong when you're in second grade, smoking the joint in the in the toilet or the paper towel roll. It's just it's classic stuff, man. Yeah. So is your stand-up, do you do a lot of weed and gambling talk in your uh, – <laughs> what, what is your stand-up based around? Is it, is uh, it just, that stuff? I, I was drinking and doing blow for about 20-something years, and then when I stopped, I just have – I should have been doing stand-up then, but I wasn't. I was, I was doing it at after hours. So I, I do a lot of life stuff, like just – Stories. Yeah, stories, but also just jokes also about – it's all mixed in, just personal stuff, like – like I was doing a lot of uh, uh, stuff with my girlfriend recently, but I'm changing it up. 2022, I'm 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 really writing more. You know, I wanna I wanna take that next step. You know. Yeah. And uh, it's just a lot of per- I have a lot of stories. I was a clown for so long. You know what I mean? Like the life. You know what I mean? It's just I I, I paid a lot of legal fees. Just paid a lot of bookies. Just a lot of. A lot of stuff, but it's funny stuff, you know? And yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, anybody who's lived a life, you know, there's got bound to be a lot of crazy stuff, especially, you know, all of it the gambling, the drug stuff. There's, there's, there's funny stuff that happened. Not funny at the time necessarily, but <laughs> when you look back on it, there's a lot of fucking yeah, moments yeah, yeah. like that. Um, there's a guy who calls himself Big T Comedy. Are you, are you familiar with him? No, 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 no. He's, he's, I think he's a New Yorker, too, but uh, he seems to be, I don't know if he's Colombian or what, but Big T, he's, half his act is in English, but his show, his thing is Big T comedy, and I'm like, well, that that sucks, uh, especially if he's local in the same area to kind of have a guy with the same name as you. Uh, that you, You're not aware of him, though. No, and listen, it's not self-proclaimed. It's just, you know what I mean? I was... I was even bigger than this when I was partying and, and doing blow. I'm walking around with no shirt on in February because I'm dripping sweat from running around like a maniac and doing so much. My heart yeah. was pounding out of my chest, and people would just call me Big T, and again, I didn't call myself that. Right. And my friend was like, "You need like a stage name or this," and I was like, "Ah, well, Big T just started happening." You know, people in the comedy scene were calling me that, and I have I have my website, Everything Big T, because it's more than comedy. You know, I got the show, I got the, the cooking show. You know what I mean? There's, uh, there's different facets of, of Big T. So I try to put everything Big T, you know? EverythingBigT.com. It's running across the bottom there, and it, the link is in the description for people who want to check it out. Now, I did go there last night just to kind of refresh on you before you were coming on this morning and notice that uh, there's a video that uh, is unavailable. Did you pull it down or did YouTube pull it down? Because... Uh, uh, right now, YouTube is. Uh, I'm a, I'm on one strike. I can't. I'm in YouTube jail until tomorrow. Uh, did they pull your video down, or did you? Oh, man, I, I wasn't aware of that. I'm gonna have to check it out after the show. Yeah, no, it says video unavailable. I think it's. It looks like the kind of message you get when they pull shit down. Uh, and, <laughs> I, I'm dealing with that with the the Facebook, the and not really more Instagram 
And uh, TikTok's the worst. They'll, they'll mute my videos and take it down right away. So I do a lot of my editing there. And not really, if, if something gets views, it gets views. I know I'm very shadow banned there. But I, I like the editing process. And I know if you put that on Instagram, the watermark, they don't, they don't like release it to the masses. But either way, I'm creating content and I'm not going to be stopped. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm just going to keep doing so much. The amount of shares I get instead of likes or views, like someone's going to run across it. And someone's going to be like, who is this maniac? You know what I mean? So they can shadow ban me all, all they want. I Financially, I want to be successful, but spite fuels me. I want to be on the Tonight Show just bashing Instagram if I have enough power one day. You know what I mean? Like, all yeah. the Maybe some venues that didn't want to work with me. It just, you know what I mean? Like, just, I want to, I want to be able to say F you one day. You know what I mean? Because they, you're creating content. I'm, I'm not even trying to sell anything. I'm, me and my mom making stuff. I'm like, anyone want free CBD soup? And they bury it. You know what I mean? Like, soup that calms you down and I'm offering it for free. And that, you know what I mean? It's just, it, it's mind boggling. It gets to you sometimes, but I just want to keep, I keep creating. I don't even you know, care. I think you're definitely onto something with the, uh, the cooking show, Cooking with THC. I think, and maybe I'm naive about this, but I think you're the only one out there that I've seen that's really doing that and and putting this a million uh, cooking shows on YouTube and there are a million pot oriented uh, shows on YouTube, but I don't see anybody cooking and making edibles. I think you're onto something there. If you can, uh, if you can find a way to um get it in front of more people and like make the production as as good as it can be i think you're onto something there i think you really uh can be really su successful with that and i'll help you pu push it as much as i can but thank you uh, i really really appreciate that and if you go back to the original videos like i there's some in my old apartment i didn't know what i was doing they're comical at this point and i'm really getting behind I'm, I'm hands in on the editing and the pop-ups and the silliness like add my spin on it besides the weed cooking aspect and people i get compliments from like just random people i run into a stop and shop or the clip i put on instagram of you know what i mean i, I think it's growing I'm, I'm getting better at the editing and yeah there's there's some weed cooking shows on t on netflix they're, they're using 10 milligrams or they're grading weed oh i didn't a, know that yeah like yeah. a microplane into the food that's that's not how you get medication into the food like and no one's doing it. like the amount i put in we had the milligram challenge we had a, a multiple one my mom called out the champion who's my friend this lady came down randomly uh t-site from connecticut and ate four thousand milligrams my friend morch 3500 i ate 2500 and we're ripped on the show ripped. <laughs> no one's no one's doing 25 milligrams let alone 25 these are absurd numbers this is like <laughs> out of your mind stuff like days off your life you know what i mean so anyone can try to emulate this but they're not going into the deep end like i am you know yeah uh i've never had success with edibles i mean somebody gave me some about two years ago and i'm not sure if they uh, i think they might have been cbd he swears they were thc but <laughs> i i I kept eating them and I said, well, I tried one, nothing happened. Okay, the next day I tried two. By the time, like, through day three, I was eating, like, five or six of them and still not feeling anything. So I'm I'm thinking it was probably uh, CBD. But, again, because of my um, young experience in my youth, that <laughs> didn't feel good throwing up and paralyzed and all that shit. I'm a little bit nervous about every day. Every time I go to the dispensary, they're there, and I think, do I want to try this? Um so do you do you prefer edibles over smoking or do you prefer smoking? Because I, I uh, still like smoking. 
I love smoking. I eat joints, just burning through. And I smoke like damn, smoke like four hundred dollars an ounce stuff, you know. Right. But the edibles, I'm fat. You're eating. I'm having a white chocolate macadamia nut cookie, banana bread with chocolate chips and pecan. Just it's and the, like it's almost like like twenty minutes in, you, I feel whatever whatever the day was weighing on me just going away, and I'm like, oh, I'm. In a couple more minutes, I'm going to be on liftoff, and it's just, it's another level. You know what yeah. I mean? I love just getting smacked with an edible. And I come yeah. away this Saturday. I haven't had them since mid-December. Normally, I would eat like 500 milligram gummy bears, the whole bag. I'm going to try lightly. I'm going to take it on the plane. I'm just going to have one or two just to take the edge off. But I'm looking forward to see how my tolerance is after not eating one in six weeks. You know, it's going to be wild. Yeah, and where do you get? Where do you get this? The cause it's just extracted, right? So do you buy like THC oil to cook with, or do you you do the extraction yourself? What? How do you do I, that? I, I do it myself. I started with a crock pot, like just randomly that I I had for years from UPS. Like I I worked safe one year, and like a catalog that you picked out of as a kid. You know, you get a picture frame or something. I was like, yeah, I will get this crock pot. Of course, it was like a mini one. I'm like, what the fuck is this? What am I gonna cook in this? Years later. And thousands of batches of edibles in this little mini crock pot. But now I graduated to the magic butter machine. I, I just, there's other people use concentrates this. I don't know. I like the science of finding a weed. Like, you know I mean? Like knowing like, all right, within this range, I could turn this crap into gold. You know what I mean? By just knowing, like, don't go too cheap. Don't, you can't go too high. It's a, you got to find a happy medium, you know, for price yeah. wise. And it's just, I like that science. I know, like, I know the feeling. I'm Besides head of and CEO of Big Which Mama Gave You, the edible company, I'm also head of quality control. Well, I was. <laughs> I'm on hiatus. <laughs> well, I'm g- developing a wheeze now, and I, I would definitely like to move to edibles. I love smoking, don't get me wrong. But uh, when it starts to end up where I'm getting a wheeze here in, in the top of my, uh, you know, crown, uh, air tube it's it's no it's not a good thing so i want to move to edibles i'm just a little bit nervous about it especially the i don't trust the the dispensary i'm gonna go in there and i'm gonna spend a couple hundred dollars and come back with fucking shit that doesn't work and then i'm gonna have to go out and get weed anyway so uh, that's, hey, listen, that's I a, i'm loving this you're, you're a cool guy I, I this whole time it's been awesome you're getting a care package after, we're talking after this don't worry about it don't, you're getting a care package and listen you know, it's freezing out. You, you're in the car, you get on the highway. Even if you open it a little bit, the cold air gets like you go to if someone invites me over for the Super Bowl and I gotta go outside to smoke, I'm not going. I'm a yeah. house cat. I can't yeah. go out, but that cold air gets in my lungs. I'm coughing and you're smoking, and you're losing THC. Like, no. So like that's why the edibles like ah, I'd rather just eat like a cookie or something if I'm going on a drive and it's cold out. Like like you said, the wheezing, it's Sometimes you cough and this, it's it's just so easy with the edibles. But when it's easier, you know, it leads to eating 20,000 calories, which is just out of control for me, you know? Yeah. I remember when High Times Magazine first came out, I was like 12 or 13 years old. They had this machine that was an ISO hash maker. You, and it was for if you had shitty weed, you could turn it into smokable hash and that will improve the quality of it. But it looked like a fucking spaceship. It had like curled going up. It looked like a Tesla coil or something. And I remember <laughs> sneaking it into my house and my father catching wind of us walking through the front door. What the hell is that? You know, we were making up like 
some shit that was part of a uh, something for school, a science experiment or something like that. But the <laughs> stuff was terrible. It, it, you had to mix it with alcohol and you had to go through this whole long process took weeks. And then when you smoked it, it really tasted like, I don't know, garbage. It, it was terrible. It was really the worst fucking stuff I ever smoked in my life. <laughs> but I tried a million of those experiments in my life. You know, hydroponics. Do you grow weed? Do you, have you ever no, grown I, I grew some weed um, in the place I live now. I have two rooftop decks. I turn one side into a regular garden that on the show, we go rooftop to table medication. And you know, I'll, I'll take the vegetables on the garden, we're up there, we're snipping them, and then I go medicate them downstairs. And I just started growing weed. And just something happened. There was a hur- hurricane. I live in Rockaway. And like some salt that I got on it, I should have bought them inside, but they were looking beautiful. Like, and I'm like, I got to go through all this process. Meanwhile, I got oh, like really, really good weed downstairs in a mason jar. I just got to open right. it up, you know? But yeah. I love the. The beginning stages of it. I want to get into it 100. percent I think it's it's after you do the growing is when you got to kind of that's where the work starts, the cultivation of it, and that's where I always fail. I could grow weed, but it's still it, it's gonna taste like homegrown unless you cure it right. And I never. <laughs> so, lady in the chat room, Steve, uh, Stephen Cat, cats with us uh, oh, quite often. She's a regular in the chat room. She says, "I'm get. I guess I'm starting my day with a fun cookie. Thanks for the inspiration, Cat. Do you make your own uh, CBD? Love uh, or THC cookies I'm, and if so, how how are you doing it? I'm just curious on that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so growing it is is I have a brown thumb. I not I can grow it, but it my uh, I have this argument with a friend of mine all the time. Why don't you grow more? Because I have a lot of land out here. But because once I grow it, it's still fucking homegrown unless you know what to do with it afterwards. So, uh, okay. I, I, the seeds I had were good, and the buds look they look juicy. Didn't look like homegrown. But then as I get, you got to hang them upside down in a climate control. I'm like, oh, and it's the summer. You want me to turn the AC off? Like, get the hell out of here. Like, okay. at that point, I'm like, all right, whatever, man. I got good weed downstairs. But um, you mentioned the, the machine you got as a kid. In the Magic Butter Machine, it does so many things. It, it's I highly recommend it for anyone because let's say a dozen edibles are 100. You get that, you make four batches. It pays for itself the first time you make edibles. You know what I mean? At home. So right. instead of getting it from your guy or the dispensary, but there's an option where you take grain alcohol and you mix it in there for eight hours. And now you have medicated grain alcohol. I don't drink. Then you take that two cups of grain alcohol medicated with two cups of sugar and you put it on a sheet pan. And then you just mix it up for every, like every three days to put a fan by it and it evaporates. Now you have medicated sugar and medicated <laughs> iced teas in the summer. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> But it takes like three days to evaporate all the alcohol and stuff. You know? Yeah, I that grain alcohol, you got to be careful with that. When I was a freshman in college, again, in New Mexico, um, somebody said, well, you got to try Everclear. Everclear is wood grain alcohol. That's what I use. <laughs> and we put it in Kool-Aid. So we took a pint of Everclear, put it in a quart of Kool-Aid and drank that shit. And I'm telling you, it was the, first of all, it's the worst hangover you can ever imagine. But we were doing fucking, we uh, went down to the, the vending machines and we're trying to rob stuff out of the vending machines, uh, candy and cigarettes and that shit. And we're getting frustrated. So we decided to steal the whole fucking machine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're carrying like a fucking big candy machine and a cigarette machine through the lobby. And all of a sudden you see the police lights coming on and we just boom, drop this shit. And ran. <laughs> uh, but that's what Everclear will do to you. I mean, uh, that 
fucking grain alcohol. It's different. It's a different high. It's a different. Uh, you're you're going to be more dangerous and do stupid as shit. And the hangover is the worst fucking experience you can ever imagine. Like the worst fucking headache you can ever imagine. So I, I would stay away. From grain alcohol. I, did, I don't know why I have it on airplane mode. I don't know what that big it is, but uh, I um. Thank God I did more research because, like, with the air aeration, because some people would say put it in the oven at the lowest temperature, and then I read more that the Everclear would blow up the, the gas oven. So I was like, thank God I did more research instead of like, oh, I got this medicated sugar, let me evaporate it in the oven on low. Like that stuff's so powerful, they, they make an explosion and you they just destroy yeah. everything, you know? Yeah, so that stuff's no joke, hundred percent. You got anything coming up in the near future as far as gigs? Uh, just have a local uh, show tomorrow uh, at local ninety two in, in Manhattan. Uh, trying to get a show going. It's um, uh, uh, I think it's like a Mediterranean restaurant. We're, we're trying to get something going there. And uh, also, um, I got I have my show here. I'm always gonna do the the big T show solo. You know what I mean? Just a little what's on my mind, whatever it is. But I'm trying to get a show going with Grove Thirty Four and uh, Astoria. A couple of my buddies they have a a spot that you know they host shows and events. And then I'll have access because it's hard to get people to come all the way to Far Rockaway. I know there's options like this, but I like yeah. the in-person experience and some something weed related. Stay tuned. You're gonna see something, uh, a, a new kind of show coming with Big T, multiple comics, access to a lot of different guests and, and people. And cool. Uh, so are access, you on a regular schedule, or are you just doing it whenever the moment feels right to you, or whenever you can get people to come out? I uh, I, I usually voice note myself, uh, text myself ideas like something that i want to talk about in the show and then when i have enough i do it it's a, a free like just it's just me whenever i it's therapy you know I'm, I'm upstairs in my studio after i do the big t show it's just me talking for 35 minutes i walk downstairs i'm like whoo i needed that you know what i mean like i just i let all no, i get it yeah in my mind out and i'm trying to get on a more regular schedule um but with this new show that i might that i have in the works it's gonna be weekly and yeah you know, and, and comedy i'm always gonna put on shows i have a uh, a weed show in in uh, March. I'm I, I'm going on vacation next week, so I'm really checking out on February. Where uh, you going? Uh, Cancun, Hard Rock. Oh, nice. Just the it was a nice price. Plus the the like the temperature. Like you think you go in the Caribbean in certain months, it's not really nice. You know, what I mean? it's wind. They're windy season, whatever it is. So I have Mexico, Cancun's in the 80s. Like just really not thinking. Pool, beach, eat, smoke, relax. Me and my girl. You know, and get some color. A fat guy, three hundred pounds in the winter. A fat guy, three hundred pounds in July. You think I lost weight? Was a tan, that milky body adds weight. <laughs> <laughs> so I need a little color. You know what I mean, dog? Uh, yeah, I, I saw somebody online advertising stuff that they melts away uh, belly fat, like using a laser to burn off your belly fat. And I was like, uh, I, I'm almost tempted to try that, but it just sounds like so fucking painful. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody holding a laser to your belly and burning off fat. I don't know. It doesn't I got, sound like I got my head lasered, and that was painful. I had There was a little lady, and like she was just hop, had these goggles on, and she's hopping around me. I just felt like she was like super small and like lasering me. I just felt like I was like King Kong trying to like just kept hopping around shooting my head with lasers. Like, why'd you do that for convenience? You just tired of shaving your head or, or what? I thought it all. I, I went with this girl that I, I wanted to bang at the time and like she was getting something done and I just did it. I just did it. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, 
I, I still I still work for UPS and I never banged her. She moved away. But I still I uh, I still work for UPS and I'm like, you know what? I was working 12, 13 hours a day. I'm like, you know what? If I can eliminate 10 minutes of my life to get one step closer to get on the couch to smoke, yeah, I, I don't have to shave now. But you still need to shave a little bit. There's like this stubborn hair in the back that it, it grows in in patches. I look like an alley cat if I don't shave in a day or two. Like. It's just I, weird. Like, what's I that love a story that starts with there was a girl I wanted to bang. I love that. <laughs> any, any story that starts that way, you, you won me over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I've done some pretty stupid. The first time I ever uh, shaved my head, I was 25 years old, and I, I I had a security job overnight, and a night over overnight security job during the week. I was still gigging with the band on the weekends, and uh, during the week I would do an overnight security job. And eleven, I was supposed to be there at midnight. Eleven p.m. I went into the bathroom. And I looked at my hair. I said, "You know, my hair's starting to get a little thin," and so I said, "I'm going to cut it all off." But I, I, I'm a fucking stupid and stone and whatever, and did it with scissors. And I was like ch- ch- trying to cut my hair off all with scissors down to the end, and I got like half of it. Half my head down to bald, and the other half still had hair on it. And then, like, oh shit, I'm gonna late for work. <laughs> so I put on a, a cap <laughs> with half a hair and went to work with half a head of hair, and then uh, shaved the rest at work. And when I got came home about five o'clock in the morning, my wife was in bed, and I got in bed with her, and she fucking screams because she saw a bald guy <laughs> in bed with her. She, she, uh, she didn't know I was bald and fucking I had a heart attack, but uh, but yeah, so I know all about the perils of fucking trying to shave your head. It's fucking, it's it's something I do like every single day. I have to fucking shave it because if not, it just gets really fucking ugly and stupid, and you get all these fucking weird little hairs and stuff. Maybe well, I should do the laser thing. But there's nothing like a fresh fresh shave. I got yeah. the, I got the Clubman aftershave, like the green powder in the barber shop. I highly recommend it. You just smell fresh. People just you're around people, it makes them happy. There's something about that barbershop smell. And I, I pour it on. I pour it on. The clubman. I highly recommend it, dog. Get it. I, I get dig on. it. So what about sunburn? When you go down to Cancun, you're gonna have to wear the hat all the time because there's nothing worse than a fucking rough sunburn on the top of your head, right? I my my plan in my mind is we're gonna get there around land at 11 by get through customs we'll get there at the end of the day where i just get enough sun to get that base for the first day and then i hope we will be good the rest of the trip it's it's, it's probably not going to work that way <laughs> but yeah. i listen i the, the dermatologist tells me i should use sunblock and i told them like if i die going to the beach drinking with my friends with half naked girls with tunes playing like so be it just people die going to work to a job they hate you know what I mean? Like, oh, how do you die? Going to the beach and looking at tits. Like, yeah, I love the sun. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's yeah. a lot of chemicals in sunblock. I know, uh, but I I never used sunblock when I was a kid. I was naturally dark skinned anyway, and got tanned uh, all summer. But one time I went to Myrtle Beach and refused to use uh, any kind of sunblock and all that stuff. And I got sunburned so bad, I got skin poisoning. It was not fun, uh, you know, just nauseous the whole time, over sunburn. That could that shit can be really brutal. But yeah, uh, so but getting high in Cancun, you want you you can't go to Cancun and not get high. But I. I would be nervous about bringing stuff and uh, nobody i hope the tsa or whoever uh is not listening to this program but how do you get weed with are you nervous about bringing not, weed not with? Wood. uh no i check it listen forever people would always like bash checking the bag for whatever reason 
And I'm like, I, every time I go on vacation, I would have to go and restock like after 9-11, razor blades, like I couldn't bring cologne. I needed aftershave. I'm like buying new stuff and throwing it away. I was like, fuck this. I'm checking a bag. And that evolved into me just rolling a tube full of joints, vacuum sealing it, and throwing all edibles in my bag. I've done I went to Europe. Not going to win again. I don't want to jinx myself. The affirmation of putting it out in the universe. You want to talk yeah, about I know. I hear you. I would be the same way. Like, oh, I don't want to fucking jinx myself. Yeah, I think that's part of the gambling, growing up in the gambling culture that I did, too. Jinxing was always a part of my uh, lifestyle. So I, I relate to that completely. And, and there was times I was going to Jamaica two years ago. And I left the banana bread that was, it, it was like green look and it smelled, it had some smell to it. And I left some pre-rolls in the side pouch of the book bag that I, that was meant for the ride and the ride home because I, I just parked my car at the airport. And it didn't even look, I didn't even try hiding it. It was by accident. You know what I mean? I made it through. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I got six Moon Rock pre-rolls and some banana bread that I wasn't even trying to take with me. You know what I mean? It was by accident. And I was like, Whatever, I'll take my chance. It's it's yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's I know it's international, but to have some gas and beautiful Mexico, my beautiful girlfriend sitting by the pool, all you can eat and twenty four hour room service. <laughs> I get it, man. Believe me, it sounds good. It sounds like fucking paradise right now. I mean, I'm not. I, I'm fucking sick of New York winters, but. Uh, I don't think I'm ever leaving, but I, de- I definitely am sick of fucking New York winters. It was fucking great uh, from like mid-April until late October, but everything else after that in, in between fucking sucks. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I enjoy it more now because I don't work for UPS and 13 hours a day in the elements. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm running to my car, I'm running into the store, and I'm running home. You know what I mean? Like I said, I'm a house cat now. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not out there in the elements during the winter, you know? Did you get Omicron? Because I think I saw that on one of your videos. We were talking about uh, coming back from being a little sick. Did you get it? Yeah, I, I, I think I finally got it uh, early January. You know what I mean? The, but I took like four tests. And then right after that, I had an allergic reaction to pastrami <laughs> and hives. And then I went back to the doctor. He's like, no, it's not corona. I'm like, maybe take a test. We're in a pandemic. <laughs> the guy was like anti-test. But... Uh, I, I had to have it. I was just run down, but I isolated. I didn't go out. I didn't. I stood home for over two weeks. Wait, where, was it just that pastrami, or you have you just discovered that you have an allergic to pastrami uh, was, at this point in life? It was the only thing I ate different. I didn't have it since 2010 when I blamed bad bacon on me ordering a pastrami torta when I got home from Mother's Day, and just throwing up pastrami off my balcony. I lived on the sixth floor. It was everywhere, but it was instant. So I I didn't want to – so I I haven't had it since. I went to the deli, got a a corned beef pastrami. My girl ate my corned beef by accident. I was wanted it for breakfast the next day. So I'm like, screw it. I'm eating her pastrami. And it's the only thing I ate different. I'm blaming it on the poor pastrami, but we couldn't figure out what – I had hides for a week after being sick. So it was – a little strange, but pastrami did me in. Now it's part of my routine. I have a joke about it. Stumbling out of the gate. Fat guilt. <laughs> hey, well, then it's a win. As long as you can get some material out of it, well, you know, it's always a win. But, yeah, you don't want to go through that. It's just uh, it, it's a fucking weird thing because what could be in pastrami that's not in any other kind of, like, cold cut meat that you could you could have that would trigger that stuff it's just weird i don't know whatever yeah. it is. i had a friend who uh 
of the lead singer in my band who found out after 50 years old uh, that he was allergic to clam chowder. He, he had some clam chowder one night and his head fucking blew up oh, like, man. On, a, on the way to a gig and didn't know what the hell was going on. But he well, that's, that's the thing. It was the only variable. Everything else in my life, I'm like a little bit of a robot. Just the same thing, same thing. And like the only thing was the pastrami. <laughs> just like yeah. the clam chowder. It's, it's wild. So with the COVID, though, and doing stand-up, and I brought this up last week because stand-up is different than, like, what I do because I people do want to come up and sing on my mic a lot. And uh, pre-COVID, I was fine with that. Now I'm a little nervous about it. But in stand-up, everybody's using the same mic. Are you Were you uh, nervous about that at all? You, have, has COVID made you a germaphobe in any way with that shit or not? I was, I was living, like... Like how they told people to live, like sanitize or wash your hands. I was doing that beforehand. You know what I mean? Like this is how I always had the sanitizer on the cup holder on the door. You know what I mean? Like just it's yeah. I'm eating in my car a lot. Like like I don't know. Just just it's it's it's. The, I always thought it was the right thing to do to be clean. You know what I mean? Like, right. And some of these comics, the well, there's there's the the mic condoms that that some places have. Yeah, I, I talk. I talk with it freely in my hand. Like once, my mouth touched it before Corona. But there's some comics they lean the mic right on their bottom lip. I'm like, right. That's disgusting. Before Corona, you right? Know, yeah. Fitting into this thing, it's just I don't know. There's some people they there's still people out there sharing joints, drinking out of the same bottle of, of liquor. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, but I, I I I hold the mic away from me. I'm like. I'm very alive on stage, you know? I, I hear that. And I, I punched people in the back when they came up to sing and they got too much on my mic and would, like, make love to it. I would say, no, get, you know, I, I have to sing on that now. and I don't want your fucking lips all on me. Yeah, uh, but what about passing joints? Do you smoke joints with people or everybody roll their own now? Cause I, I offend people. People get so butthurt when I'm like, sorry, I don't share anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? Ever since Corona, I didn't like to share before. I like smoking joints once to the head. I'm an animal. I and hear now you. I would, be, I would be exactly the same way. I'll roll you one. How about that? I'll yeah, roll you I, your own. Right? I always have like the tube. I don't have one up here. Like I talk, like you know, like, like a quarter will come into like the medicine tube. It pops open. Yeah. I always have just joints rolled. You know, like, and I offer people. And, and listen, even if I shared with you and you had your weed. There's probably like a ninety-eight percent chance that you're not gonna have better weed. There's probably ninety-nine percent. Right. So even if I shared with you, I'm downgrading on top of <laughs> you know what I mean? Like whatever girls ask you ate last night or whatever it is, or you're not brushing your teeth or disgusting habits that I'm now we're sharing it in our mouths. Like, I don't know. I I and people get so offended, like taken back, like, yo, fuck you. This is yeah. my joint. I'm not sharing. It's a whole different world. And uh, you know what? I, I kind of made a joke about it last night. Meet and greets, because, you know, comedians come to town, headliners come to town, they often have meet and greets. I was like, that that is a little bit weird now. So comics kind of want to, even though they're in the same building with you, they still want to have like a Zoom meeting, meet and greet, instead of yeah. come backstage and shake my hand. Fucking the whole world has changed. I don't know. But um, it, it definitely has made me more of a germaphobe than I ever was before. Uh, but being a stand-up, I can't imagine just like because you, especially doing like open mics and you're testing out new material, you're gonna probably taking a mic from people, five or six, seven, eight people in a night who've all had different experiences and you don't know who they've come in contact with. It's a fucking it's a minefield out there. And, and some of these open mics are like just dives or small rooms, and yeah. you, 
Like you feel it in the end. Like this is, you know, this is not well ventilated. This is, you, you feel something. You feel weird. You know what I mean? After living through a pandemic, like uh, yeah. Yeah, we're all getting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eventually, I think some at some point we all are going to get it. Listen, we're at a time. I appreciated this uh, conversation a lot, and uh, great to get to know you. I, I love what you're doing, and I do wish you a lot of success. And I think you're going to have a lot of success with this uh, cooking thing. Uh, and uh, hopefully, I'll get to come and see you sometime next time you're out this way. Patrick, I could definitely come and see if I know about that. Uh, but anytime you're out anywhere. Uh, past the Nassau County border, I, I'll risk coming out to see. <laughs> Once I know about the next smoking jokes, you know what I mean. If you come through, trust me. Whatever, whatever you want on me to a certain degree. You know what I mean. I, I got you. I'd love to meet you in person. And uh, you know, thank you for the, having me on. Awesome, you know, cool dude. Awesome show. Uh, definitely gonna promote it. And uh, you know, I mean, great success with everything you're doing, from the music to the show and uh, everything in between. And uh, we're gonna talk afterwards. You're going to get a care package from Big T. And uh, uh, think about uh, the collie. Hey, <laughs> man. The whole time. Cool. Cool dog. Yeah, it's a little small, but cool. No, no, it's, it's, my, it's my girl's dad. It's not mine. <laughs> Big T and his little D. Um, <laughs> cool. Tom, Tom, be well. And come back again sometime soon. Uh, hey, so what you want. Just message me. I'll be more than willing to come back on. I, I love it. Thank you. Cool. Thanks. Bye for now. Uh, Tom Powell, known as Big T here, uh, out of he's a local guy, basically in, in New York area, but we expect big things from him. And THC TV, please check that out. Uh, it's everythingbigt.com. It's going across the bottom of it, and the link is in the description. I hope you'll check it out. Love to hear your questions and comments. Tonight at um, 8 p.m., Augie Smith, a uh, guy who is actually the only guy to actually win um i believe it's the san francisco comedy festival uh two years in a row uh or is it the seattle comedy festival one of those big competitions that um comedians put as a big uh check mark on their resume he's actually the only guy to ever win it two years in a row uh we've had him on i bought my first meeting with him was during the pa- potathon a couple of weeks ago great guy uh very funny man i'm calling this show augie doggy and doggy daddy but uh people don't get confused about that it's, it has nothing to do with the um Hanna barbera uh cartoon it's just because his name is Augie, and I'm the doggy. So it's Augie, doggy, and doggy daddy. Tonight at 8 p.m. I hope you join me then. Thanks for coming. I hope a great rest of your day. And uh, i just like to remind you that the first thing you should do every morning is... Not that one. Bye for now. I hit the wrong button.
listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.